Hoş geldiniz. Welcome back to the Drawing Core podcast. This is an unprecedented um, second podcast in two days. Well, it'll be three by the time this is actually released, seeing as it is. <coughs> two a.m. now, and um, I'm going to record this and then go to bed. But I am keen to do more podcasts during this time. And I'll come on to talk a little bit more about why in a, in a bit. But this podcast is again going to be a little meander around what's happening. But there are a couple of specific things I want to share. to go a little bit more into what I talked about last time. So I hope that you've been keeping well these last few days. We're going to have lots of ups and downs during this period of coronavirus sabbatical. And in considering how this is affecting everybody in very different ways. All of which which probably contain a, a, a a little bit of difficulty, at least. One of the things that I talked about last week was the distrust in government, which leads me to dislike the fact that we are obeying the authority of the government by staying in our houses and preventing the or or reducing the spread of this virus even though that is something I agree makes sense I've been reading a book coincidentally at this time (coughs) which I began before this situation developed to this extent and in this book um, we see another wave of plague or black death hitting London the book is set in the early 1700s so this isn't the black death plague that we all know and love so well this is in fact another another wave of it it continued for a, a few hundred years to come back in lesser and greater extents and in these latter waves the draconian authoritarian powers employed by the state to control its spread were perhaps more liberally used as with the plague being more of an excuse then than it maybe is now or that it maybe was when the plague first um, came to visit and there are two characters here one is called Bess and one is called Jack and these two paragraphs give an idea of their initial reactions to the news of the plague coming or news of the plague having come back Bess stood speaking to the entire room plagues an excuse they're using to police us further all of you, they're just panicking the people deliberately 
It's a securitizational furore they're raising to put more sentinels on the streets. Can't you see that? Jack chewed his cheek. He thought back to the thefts of the past week. Each gauze handkerchief he unpacked, each leather purse he handled, each potentially plaguey. These two negative attitudes, one of fear over the social reality that this is causing and a fear of the reality of being infected are pretty, pretty relevant to what's going on now. I think it, was, it felt rather prescient to read this part of the book as we were coming into lockdown. And I want to share now, this is something that I think is really important to read and for people to be aware of. Now this is um, for the United Kingdom, but I would encourage you to think about your own government's measures were you not to live, uh, if you're not living in the United Kingdom. So last week they, they passed the coronavirus bill, which... Um, which essentially is the lockdown under which people are living. And this is information that was passed from uh, a friend um, written by, I think um, at least part of this was written by a Human Rights Watch organization. But anyway, it just gives an idea of um, what to bear in mind. Today, not today, but last week. Last week, today, the emergency coronavirus bill will be rushed through as law. Today sees the second reading. If passed, it will immediately proceed to the third and on. It contains the most draconian powers ever purposed in peacetime Britain. It will be rushed through Parliament and the powers will last two years. The powers will affect your freedom and take away your rights. Forced detention and isolation can be of anyone, including children, and for any amount of time. Authorities can forcibly take biological samples from your body. There's no clear access to legal rights from as yet unidentified isolation facilities. Powers last up to 2.5 years. Lockdown powers could prevent protests against these measures. State surveillance safeguards have been weakened protections from forced detainment and treatment under mental health under mental health act have been lowered cremations can be enforced against personal or religious wishes there will be changes to the court system changes to registration of deaths no inquests will be held into suspicious deaths no requirement for any medical certification for burials or cremations it also indemnifies the health service should they fail for whatever reason to provide care the most frightening part is only one medical officer is, is required to sign off compulsory treatment order, which means in the real world you can be forced to accept medication or held down and injected with whatever is seen fit. That is the biggest and worst threat to your own freedoms. So if someone dies in police custody or, if, or any type of custody, they can simply dispose of the body without paperwork, medical exam, or certification or inquest. This is a terrible day for freedoms. 
and there's a quote here which I haven't there's a quote here it doesn't say who it's from if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it people will eventually come to believe it the lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political economic and or military consequences of the lie it thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie and thus by extension the truth is the greatest enemy of the state not to say that coronavirus is a lie but to bring into question how reasonable and realistic and are the, are the measures being introduced and the inevitable yani, carrying out of those measures how they will be affecting people so we talked a little bit about this last time but we focused on mainly how we can react to this new experience of being kind of adrift from the things that usually help us maintain our normal rhythms. I want to go back to this a little bit to add a couple of things. <clears throat> One thing that I didn't um, say is that being removed from some responsibilities as well as as well as uh, engendering this adrift feeling can also be a relief like the pressures of socializing that I, I talked about last time people that maybe feel pressure to socialize now because we are kind of thinking that we really need to to keep our sanity up which is not a bad thing but also having pressure on ourselves to do that can be dangerous but before we before we get to that like you know in, in in a normal running of things we put ourselves under quite a lot of pressure just to do things like socialize or self-improvement or whatever so in fact we can already maybe feel a relief of things if you had a shit job and now you can't work while it might suck that you can't work in a big way maybe it can be a relief to not have to do that shit job at the moment and that isn't a feeling that you should cast aside I want to push a little bit more radical thought from last week into maybe this is a good time to reevaluate this is going to be a sort of journey which is going to be quite deep already I feel like emotions are heightened and there is so much fear and uncertainty it's natural that emotions will be heightened but it brings things up I think which are completely unrelated to stuff that you might have dealt with before or be, be still dealing with 
and while that can be difficult it's also good to deal with those things if our lives are too busy to normally take care of some of this shit that is still in our patterns or in our histories in our stories we now have a chance to do that this is going to be a really introspective time if it lasts a long time which it probably will it will last weeks if not longer and i want to i want i want to feel this radical idea that that's exciting that after this we can't really just go back to how things were because we'd have gone on such a journey that something will have changed we will have had some time to reflect on something whatever that can whatever that will be for you and i feel like encouraging that a little bit to say not to be scared of it and i don't i don't have the sense of this podcast being a space where i can really deliver a message like saying that to you but i think i am saying that as much to myself and maybe i want to just voice that and then you and i can kind of witness it together and think hmm okay like what do we think about this maybe it doesn't mean anything for you yet it has only been a week here i i, I don't want this to be too centric to my geographical location because i think this is a very interestingly global phenomenon like i didn't feel so connected to the rest of the world as i have done in the last weeks even if it is for something essentially negative didn't imagine a virus would bring us together but it has done and i talked about wasting time last week i talked about how it would be good maybe to experience doing nothing as a as it, as itself a kind of radical act of resistance against this pressure to be productive but i do i did it also crossed my mind that there can be an overconsumption of media and we talked about this in regards to cynicism a few podcasts back when we talked about satire and comedy there's a hyperconsumption which has characterized our media for a number of years now and it means that we often have very shallow relations with what we're engaging with what we're consuming and i think something that can really come out of that discussion which was partly inside that podcast but to put it more clearly it would be really good i think to encourage ourselves to engage more deeply with each piece of media that we consume and i'm not so much talking about social media and the news although plenty of people are warning against consuming too much of this and i think yeah like this is a serious our, our relationship with news media and social media is a serious thing to bring critic to to evaluate and and that just in the normal running of things now it's kind of heightened so being wary of that is one thing but also as you watch television shows movies 
music, as you consume podcasts, or whatever it is that you're going to enjoy to get you through this being inside. It would be maybe nice to practice now that we have the time to practice a kind of deep reflection on whatever it is that we're consuming to actually respond to it to give ourselves a chance to think about it and discuss it in our minds or with other people so I think we're going to do a bit of this in the podcast over the coming weeks I hope to release like more frequent podcasts just because I can but also because I was thinking before that I'm looking forward to seeing stand-up comedians talking about coronavirus because stand-up comedy is a medium which can really respond quite quickly to what's going on. Memes are the kind of extreme end of this where like they're just pinged from phone to phone very quickly but comedy does process what's going on in a very alive sort of way. Poetry isn't going to be the thing that you go to in these times to process coronavirus. Maybe there will be some coronavirus poetry that is being good for you. But I thought that stand-up comedy would be really interesting. It would be really interesting to see what it does with this period we've been through. But you know what? Podcasts are even more appropriate at this time because being inside the houses you can't go out to a live piece of art podcasts are a very sort of pure easy person-to-person way of having consuming culture having media to consume so I sort of want to be keeping up this abstract space of the drawing core podcast during this time I want us to be together as much as possible. So that's the reason for doing this podcast again so quickly after the last one. And I hope that the content is not somehow compromised by this more frequent podcasting. But then the Drawing Core podcast has always been changing and always unsure about what exactly the content is. And it's also more about form than content. All these things. I think if it feels right, drawing will lead the way and to offer something today um, I want to read a piece of writing that I have done written about the artwork of um, Zdyslaw Beksinski I hope that I pronounced his first name right this guy is um, working from like the 50s uh, until to 2000s in different mediums but he is especially known he's, he is in, on the one hand known as um, someone who really gave birth to modern Polish art and laid the path for other modern Polish artists. But also he's very much known for his nightmare series of drawings, which are all sort of grotesque um, 
just yeah like grotesque paintings which um, then kind of came to define the aesthetic of heavy metal music and heavy metal out al- music album covers they often like feature body parts merging with um, materials or buildings and he was very much against there being a, an interpretation of his art because he said that if he could do it in words then he would he wouldn't need to paint and I thought about Susan Sontag's Against Interpretation again which we did a podcast about back in January and how <clears throat> although I felt I was moving in defiance of this sentiment by kind of interpreting her work I felt like the exciting part of that was making more work from hers or in this case from Beksinski so I don't intend to be telling what he was telling with his painting but through a description of his pictures which is also an interesting thing about podcasts because we are taking now the visual into an audio medium we you can't see these pictures I might I might find a way of um, putting them online so I can you can have a link and you can move through them along with this writing but maybe you don't need to maybe it's something independent anyway but it definitely serves to mention Beksinski. Beksinski encourage you to check out these nightmare drawings. They are pretty dark, and this writing is pretty dark. So, mum, if you're listening and you want to feel happy, just you just that's fine. You can leave it here. You can skip to the end, listen to the song. The song's going to be a very nice song, very happy song to end with today. It's going to be a very contrasting podcast. This. Read some horror writing and then then a nice happy song um, and um, yeah maybe I will read I will read this and then I will introduce the song because yes already it's gonna be contrast enough a man sits at a table A single light cast down on his bald head. His nose and mouth are sewn shut. His eyes ringed by wrinkles. Gasp, heartbreak, yet they welcome you. His hands are clasped between you. He has too many fingers, all metal rivets interlocking as if in bondage. His world is a Soviet bleak tower blocks, each patchwork structures of old wood and older bones. They are covered in cobwebs, but they still stand. Perhaps they're held up by the smog. You see windows in the distance, almost all dark, but light escapes from a few signs of life. Life in this world is being squeezed out of people, cold hands digging into the skin of their cheeks, pushing, pushing out what remains. Sew yourself up to keep in what is yours. Death is never the end of self-expression, friends. Even corpses draped over their own gravestones emit a kind of glow. 
if only when their spirit leaves and becomes part of that thick orange air. Our bodies will be carried out of here, though it may be in darkness, with demons at her feet, she will carry us away in the end, once she has seen us become husks. And there will be a procession, just you. It will feel like a rebirth, stumbling once more as a baby past the feet of adults, daunting, unknowable. We will be children again, filled with dread. But the man at the table with the tragic eyes, were he to be able to speak, would tell you not to be afraid. Those figures who tower above you are from another existence, unknowable, yes, daunting, yes, covered in shadow and turned to stone, but one day you will join them. Gather your body on mountains and press yourself into their sheer walls. Find yourself inside the earth once more. Search for your opening and clutch the rocks so tightly that your skin breaks apart and stitches itself back into the oldest material, becoming one with that which makes and unmakes us all in the end. Shatter your bones on the face and fall inside. You will be able to speak again when your mouth sets and becomes a cave. Out of your empty darkness, new life will emerge if you wait. If that has reflections to you about the coronavirus, be it on your head. Thank you for coming back to the Drawing Core podcast again. Well, I will see you soon. Take care of yourselves, be compassionate to yourselves, be compassionate to other people. The song I'm going to share is from a cartoon program called Steven Universe which I couldn't recommend highly enough. It teaches kids lessons which I have taken 20 years to learn-ish and I'm still struggling with. And it does it in the most joyful and sincere and fun way. And it has beautiful music in it and this song is one such beautiful music which teaches one of these such important lessons. And with that, um, I'm gonna say goodbye for now. Seviorum sizi, opiorum sizi, guzalba candinze, hadi bye bye. Take a moment to think of just flexibility, love and trust. Take a moment to think of just flexibility, love and trust. Here comes a thought that might alarm you. What someone say and how it harmed you. Something you did that felt to be charming. Things that you say. 
Flexibility, love, and trust. Take a moment to think of trust. Flexibility, love, and trust. 